Hey everybody, this is Drew. And this is Blake. And you're listening to Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Controllers. to episode 62. Before we dive in, uh, let me go ahead and shoot through our uh, social or internet presence preamble. (laughs) First and foremost, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Discord. We tend to be on all of those relatively often. Now, uh, we're trying to get back into the swing of things, but on weekends, we will be trying to stream on Twitch, uh, whatever co-op game we're currently going through, and you can follow us on that. As well as we have a Patreon. I would like to thank everyone who is currently contributing to that right now. Thank you very much. You just, um, we have a couple of tiers. One's just to, you know, support us and everything that goes with that. As well as one of the second tier, you can pick a game uh, I believe off Game Pass to make us play and talk about. And uh, is there anything else in the Patreon just yet? Not really. Patreon is just what it is for right it's now. Just important. Just podcasters or people who other creators who do things that you love. And we also uh, have our Lockstock store. You can do. Uh, we have shirts and hats. A uh, very flattering pair of underwear. There might be uh, mugs and beanies and stuff available as well. We're in the process. With mugs, I haven't, I haven't added any, I haven't added anything to the store in a while because I kind of kind of ran through the gambit of shirts and me pillows and other random things. Just slapping our logo on a bunch of stuff. I may I may in the future do some of the um, guest logos because those are pretty cool too. I like to share more of the that art around. Uh, we also have uh, you can find the podcast on Spotify. And the other thing you can find on Spotify is the playlist that Drew adds to, and it shows it's every song from every band that we've played. Mm-hmm. And I've actually got that up to date currently. Last time I talked, I, I mentioned it every episode. I try to, I forget to add bands to it sometime. And when I was editing last week's episode where I had to add a band to it, I had to add like three songs to that playlist. Shame on you. So it's all up to date now. We also you can uh, music suggest music to us to recommend uh, if you're a local band or if you have someone you think we would be interested in and you can submit that and any questions and comments and stuff like that to our email which is it's the number two smoking controllers at gmail.com and just as a bit of a cross promotion for me we have a brother podcast called Action, the movie podcast, where me and a good friend of ours, Steve, will we uh, take turns surprising each other with movies, and we don't discuss it until we record the podcast, which you get is our first impressions of that movie, so it's pretty cool, pretty fun. And lastly, uh, I have a short story 
that I've written and I have self-published through Amazon is called They Come This Night. And if you have Kindle Unlimited, it is free. If you don't, it is just a dollar. And I'm going to keep promoting this. We are going to keep promoting this until I write something new, which I'm, I'm currently working on. So we'll get there before too long. And links to all of these things can and will be found in the show notes. Thank you guys for listening. And let's move on to episode 62, where we will be doing two movies two games two games and a movie at the end alright you take it with the let Blake lead off with the where the what the first game is and where it came from alright our first game we're going to be diving into is called Rain on Your Parade April fifteenth, twenty twenty one. So it's not it's not a very old game. It's barely I don't even a year old. And so it the developers are called Unbound Creations LLC, uh, based out of Seattle, Washington. Thus far, they have made five games. Now a few of them are some of them I couldn't really find any information on, but I'll run down the ones that I have. So far, uh, one's ca- it's called Post Mortem, One Must Die. And now it seems to be like a, a free-for-all, but the game ends after the first person dies. It's, uh, that can... it's weird. Yeah. It, it, I, I, I didn't fully understand it, but it's like a, a battle royale, but it ends after the first person dies. I thought they tried to do something that was a bad idea. Yeah, like they I guess. Tried, like they tried to like uh, reinvent the genre, and it just didn't. Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, hold on. I may be misinterpreting, but it's it's uh, it's weird. Mm-hmm. They have another one that is a. It's called Kariski, Kariski, K-A-R-A-S-K-I. And it's a uh, it's a who done it, but uh, on an airship type situation. So I believe it's like a point and click. Probably are these are these other things are on mobile probably. Or? Most likely. Yeah, you really most likely because I mean, some of these hard, smaller games are just hard to find stuff for a lot of the times. And they have an, another one called Headliner. Well, it's um, I think it's the same game twice. One's called Headliner, and the other one's called Novi News. And I think one is just like the expanded version of the other, but it's where you're a, you're a newscaster, mm-hmm. and depending on what you choose, to, you know, report on, mm-hmm. is it changes the world and affects everything. So if you're only reporting on crime, then more and more crime happens. If you're only reporting on like good stuff, only good things happen. And yeah, how'd they get to this? How'd they get to run your parade? I don't know. I have no clue. And uh, I'm not even sure. I think Random the Parade is their most recent creation, from my understanding. Mm-hmm. 
Now, Rain on Your Parade is a how do you how would you call it? It's a it's a puzzle game, right? It's really just basically, like basically a weather simulation puzzle game. Yeah, that's <laughs> the best way I can describe it. it. I don't know. It's really just a puzzle game. I mean, there's not, not nothing else to really call it. There's no adventuring or anything like that. I mean, at its core, you're having to figure things out to get things to happen to move through the levels. I mean, there's there's no other gameplay elements to it. Well, they sneak. We'll talk about. It. They do sneak some other genres into it. So essentially, there are fifty levels through the whole game, and it ranges dramatically. Well, not even dramatically. Some levels are dramatic. But your core concept is you are a rain cloud. And a cool, interesting, fun thing is you're basically a cardboard cutout of a rain cloud. And real early on, like after level two or three, you get access to your headquarters and you can doodle your own face. Mm-hmm. And I just drew my guy with X'd out eyes and an angry scowl. Mm-hmm. And I just had that the entire time. I wore, um, you, you, you unlock other, other stuff to put onto your little cloud face. I think in my mind, eventually, I was just wearing Cloud's hair from Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, I, 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 I played around with quite a few of them. They're, they're pretty funny because the game is rife with references and homages to everything. It's, it's, it's too much for me, but we'll, we'll talk about it yeah. as we go through it. Now, uh, let's see here. Is it just the class? So all we always start with trying to figure out what, how to say what a game looks like. Yeah, it's, you said you already said the cloud's kind of like a cardboard cutout, but it's kind of everything. Well, because it changes. Every level has a different. Almost every level has a different art style, mm-hmm. and it goes through different things. So it's really hard to nail down. But the majority of it is like essentially a cardboard cutout of anything. Like the world maps a bunch of cardboard, like a pop up book, cardboard cutout type yeah. situation. I mean, it's really like a storybook because I think the whole thing starts. No, that's like post game where like the game ends with it all being a. Oh, no, it's throughout in the beginning. There's a grand, like a, a grandfather a, or somebody telling his grandkid a story, talking about this cloud, and the kids talking back and asking questions. It's it's pointless, really. What their their, their conversation they're having. It's hard to again hard to nail down the artwork. Yeah. But I can. I'll, I'll have a trailer attached, a trailer of some sort attached. I hope people use those sometimes when we play when we play the strange games like this. Not everything looks like Call of Duty or everything looks like every little open world game. They're all going for realism. They don't all look like this. So you, when you play small weird games, you get kind of things looking all kinds of ways. And everything, thankfully, everything's not pixel. Not everything is pixel art these days. This is not a a pixel art game. This isn't this isn't. Um, very attractive game to look at. If I'm being honest, I don't. I, I didn't. I wasn't too like blown, a, blown away by it. Yeah, I wasn't really enthralled by what it was looking like. People would say, you'll probably hear some people on other places say, "Oh, the cloud had the the whole game had a charming look." You're that charming thing thrown around, and it's just like I mean, not really. The game looks quite a quite a large parts of the game do look really cheap. It is the whole point. Yeah, I think low budget. It's a whole. It's an indie studio, so that's to be expected. Either that, or that's the look they were going for, maybe. And it's got. I talk about the. They had like fun, cheery, cheesy music. It was all kind of upbeat and. 
No, you don't remember much. I don't remember any of the music, yeah. <laughs> well, the music it was cheery music, upbeat and silly. It was just kind of like every, I think almost every, either every level or every set of levels had a distinct little, hmm. little, little tune that kept on repeat. Uh, do you want to run through? Do you have, do you have notes of like the levels, maybe levels you liked the most? We were blasting through them pretty much. We had a had like a TA guide for this, but there's parts of this game that are way too difficult. Surprisingly, like out of, out of nowhere, there's like where there's like really random, extreme difficulty spikes in this game. The game seems silly and childish throughout most of it, but then there's these random off shoot levels. That are just like insanely hard, or they have like an insane achievement. So you'll, yeah, I think say that, that was the thing. Where I think going for the achievements in the game can spoil some of the fun. Mm-hmm. If you're going for the achievements, if you're going to have fun. I think that this game can be exactly. It's just silly, easy fun. Where like every level, well, those real hard levels are still there. I mean, yeah, but you can get through them a lot easier when you're not trying to get like, oh, get through here without getting hit or get through here without being seen or do it this stupid way instead of like, oh, let me just take the shortcut. No, you have to do the whole level without taking the shortcut. Ha ha ha. That's the achievement, but bah humbug. There were a few decent levels that kind of called out to me. One of them, I think we were one of the first things you do is you like ruin somebody's wedding day (laughs) and that's Mm -hmm. kind of fun. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, what was that one where you go through that restaurant and you're poisoning everybody's drinks? Well, you're getting them. You're using like mop water or like yeah. sink water that's got a floating rat in it or something. Something, something gross. And you're flying really... around trying to get people to run out of the restaurant. You're like, everywhere. You're, everywhere you go, you're just really the game's raining on your parade. Everywhere you go, you're just trying to ruin everybody's day. There, there was. Like I said, I'm not going to go into all of them, but there's ones that there were can't, references. I can't remember them all. Fifty, You said there's 50 levels. Yeah. That's before. There was a DLC that we, we did not play. There was one that was kind of cool that played like old school Doom, where you mm-hmm. had to shoot sunshine at people or shoot rain, like a raindrop. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was kind of cool. I enjoyed that one. And that one actually was tied to one of the hard achievements that I ended up didn't, not getting. I didn't get it either. Because I, 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 I didn't want to even, Is that one of the side levels? I don't know if I even played that level. It's only available in your hub. It's not something you can even access from the main menu. Okay, you go so to your hub not, and you interact with the arcade machine. And you, yeah, I think you told me it was, the achievement was like near impossible. We so have to I, go through the whole level without firing a bullet. Without firing a bullet? I thought, I thought it was without picking up any ammo or something. Uh, maybe, but uh, you regardless, go, yeah. yeah, regardless, it was not. The achievement wasn't. It annoyed me, but I, pl- I think I, s- I was like five and a half hours or something on this. Just yeah. trying to. Mine was two and a half, and that's just blasting through like the main, the main, like the main story. I guess you would call story, as little story as there is, like and you, and like you, to even get through the main, the main, the main. Uh, storyline you don't have to you don't have to play all the levels like there's like a like a path you could take and you can and like sometimes levels unlock alternate levels yeah you don't even, you don't even have to do those to move on you don't have to you, you don't have to do it can if you like if you enjoy the game but i think i told told blake at some point because blake played this before i did he kind of picked this randomly on on game pass of course it was just some random thing he thought looked funny on game pass so he played it first and i think you liked it a little more than i did you tried a little harder to do a couple other things. Yeah, I, I played that, yeah. through the main 
the main thing. You know, this is what's one almost one night. I think uh, one night sitting for me, and I was just like, I'm not, I don't, I don't have a whole lot. Of, that's probably because you did it in one freaking night. Like I spread mine over a couple of days or a week, even, and played, yeah. you know, ten levels here, four levels here. Like I didn't play it all in one night. That was your fault. You should have did it all in one. Yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do. I, beat, uh, I mean, I beat the main game, and I don't know. Do you remember any any of the other any of the other levels? Well, some of the more difficult levels we were talking about is you have a an arch nemesis, mm-hmm. nemesis, uh, Dr. Dry Spell, and he has all these, these bases you have to infiltrate. And those can become increasingly more difficult. Not necessarily, well, some of them are actually kind of hard as I like go through and not get seen, not get hit by missiles and stuff like that. His stuff was a little fun. One of them... It was, again, because the whole point of this is you're ruining people's days. And some of the uh, abilities you get, first it just starts out as rain. And then you get the ability to absorb other things, uh, including oil and acid. Yeah. As well as a couple other things that are specific to a certain level. Like when you did the the gross, whatever it was. I don't remember, I don't remember what you absorbed in the restaurant. And, but it, it was like your... mop bucket water. Essentially, is what I think it was. Yeah, it was still green, but but then one of my one of the more fun levels that's also even more sad is there's a farmer and he's got a cornfield and he's harvesting you know all of his vegetables and you you literally douse his entire field with oil and one of your secondary abilities is you can shoot a bolt of lightning straight down from where you're at and you just catch his entire field on fire and you watch it burn. Well, the pop, when popcorn pops, it's a popcorn. Oh, yeah, it is a cornfield that turns into popcorn. Yeah, it's a popcorn achievement, I think. You pop the popcorn, you get the achievement. And that was pretty fun, as well as... That's fun for the farmer. Yeah. And then one of the last things you get is you can make tornadoes. Mm-hmm. And so that... In, there's a, is there a snow, too? Was there snow? I mean, there's a snow levels, but I'm not sure if you actually can rain down snow. I think you might be able to. <laughs> been a while since you played too it has been a little bit uh one of my favorite levels throughout the entire game is like three quarters of the way through where you play as you don't play as your main character you do a flashback where you play as the the grandpa telling the story Mm -hmm. and you find out that he rained down meteors and wiped out the dinosaurs oh yeah i remember remember that yeah and so that was actually probably the i forgot one of the coolest levels in the game was you get to be a, a big storm cloud and you rain down meteors on the dinosaurs and wipe them out of existence. Yeah, not don't make much sense why a cloud would be raining meteors, but but I mean the game's not trying to make sense. No, not really, not at all. Did you have any levels that you can remember that stood out to you? I think the fi- one of the final you man you said you did it on like your first or second try, but I couldn't do it. But there is a um, the final level is a tower defense, and it's make it through the tower defense without getting a single hit. Yeah, that's um, that's because I had a. See, you weren't following the. There, there wasn't a guide when I played. Maybe that's what it was. There wasn't you a guide. Played when pre-guide. I played. But the guide for the one of those final levels, it does like the game changes genre to like a real time strategy, and you got placement or it's more like a tower defense, more real tower time, defense, more tower, more tower defense, but you can place these certain little weapon things to protect you from what's. I forget what's attacking you. 
It's some stuff from Dr. Dreis, but I think they're like mechanical insects. Bugs or something. But you can place the stuff, and he was kind of the guy that had it like, if you place it here, they won't get past it, or they'll get, you know, he had a good placement. So good placement was any kind of tower defense, good placement's key, but like, this is like a dumbed down tower defense, but it still worked. He still got, I still got through that. Maybe, maybe it's like the only achievement I got that you didn't get, maybe. Possibly, because there's a few more things that, well, there's a couple of things that I like, oh, I'm not going to get, once I realized I wasn't getting the 1K, I, I kind of like half-heartedly tried on some things, and when mm-hmm. I couldn't do it, I was like, nah, I'm not going to let it ruin the experience for me more than it already is. Yeah, there was the, I didn't do that. I didn't do the, the, the Doom level one. I didn't even play the Doom level. Uh, there's one with um, the, the, the museum level. You're breaking the museum. It's like still all still all three paintings, I guess. I, it's I still all the art. It's literally still everything. Okay, somehow yeah. I didn't I didn't get that achievement. Well, I don't you, remember. You don't I think you had to play play through once and you had to go back and, again to do it a second time to do the painting thing. And I was I'm not I don't want to do this again. Well, because you go back through with post game, and you have access to all your abilities, and going back to the old old level. Because there's one that's like oh. Ruin a pool party, and then there's a secret uh, objective on the list. Because as you play through the game, your whole point of beating each level is you have a list of objectives you have to do. Mm-hmm. And then when you beat the game, a secret objective you, is is put on every single level, so you can yeah, re- you can re- go back through and get and you do like a another layer of challenge, I guess, if you want more challenge. Well, and the majority of the secret objectives were actually the achievement. Because one of them was a, a pool party, which was, ooh, get everyone wet. And you can't do anything. It's really, it's incredibly difficult to do. Yeah, do, harder than you would think being a rain cloud. It's like, get everyone wet, but then the achievement was like, get everyone wet within like 20 seconds. Yeah. And, and while not getting hit, there's like some random guy with a turret on that level, like shooting yeah. bullets at you. Is that who? I don't remember. At the pool, at the pool party? Like, I, think, I think it's technically like a shirt cannon or something. But you can easily do that. When you come back through with the tornado, you just suck everybody up and drop everybody in the pool. You get it in twenty seconds, and there's some, you know a bunch of stuff like that. It has a lot of, if you care enough, it has a lot of replay value and like mm-hmm. it's one of those things. I think you could enjoy at night with friends and everyone's playing past the controller. I mean, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to play that. <laughs> I think it could be some, fun. People, some people might, yeah. Uh, do you remember the the zombie, the zombie level? I was gonna. I think that was besides the dinosaur one. That was probably my favorite. Yeah, it was, it was one, the most, one of the more interesting ones. I forget how you control the zombies. It was literally the whatever poison that made the zombies, whatever T virus, quote unquote, that made the zombies. And you literally just wherever you rained it, they would follow in that direction. Mm-hmm. You just you just leave the zombie zombie horde around, murdering everybody. They you literally start with one, and you. Grow your little zombie horse. Pretty cool level, actually. To the entire, like, metropolis. And then well, you take... It's not, not, not that big of a level, but it is big enough you get a couple of dozen zombies. It's pretty fun to watch them grow and murder everybody. That was probably... Like, next to the dinosaur level, that was probably my second favorite, for sure. There's some funny... You know, there's, like, some funny things, like, you help an alien out of Area 51 and some weird stuff like that. The game is, it's just silly. He was saying earlier, I think there's a smorgasbord of, like the game's just drowning in references. 
and every level there's a reference to this, a reference to that, and a whole a whole level dedicated to uh, the office. The office. Um, oh, no, okay, the other level I really enjoyed was entirely dedicated. Was it this game? Or I thinking of something else? Maybe it was this game. Didn't this one have like a whole? No, never mind. I'm thinking of a different game. Yeah. Ignore me, I'm stupid. But it had this game had. Like I said, there was. Of course, Drew said there's a Final Fantasy VII reference. Your cloud, you get clouds hair. There is a whole level dedicated to like old school Zelda getting the boss room key and doing that. Mm. Then there was a like a whole level dedicated to the office, a whole level dedicated to Silent Hill, and a whole bunch of others. Just reference after reference after reference, and it. To me, to me. Um... Things that just lean he- as heavily on references as this does. There's parts, whole parts of this game that kind of do that, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, go into all of it. But I, I feel like uh, it's weak. It's extremely weak. Whole games and whole, whole there's games that do it. There's lots of other stuff. I'm not gonna be, not. I don't want a big tangent. But there's just things that lean so heavily on nostalgia or things, and it's just like it doesn't make it good. People, people. People flock to that stuff, and it's kind of really. I think it's really lazy, lazy writing, or lazy, just making something that you know people know people are gonna be like, oh, that's so cool, and it's just they do it for like easy, easy. I don't know what do you call it, easy response, Re- easy recognition, pop. Yeah. So like, oh, pop! Yeah, you do it real quick, you know. Yeah, like, oh, cool! It was an office level. Can't believe it. And uh, you go through all the fun stuff. I don't know. That's just a little thing that bothers me about. It's in games. There's we, we books and stuff like that too, and just lots of the TV shows that are getting to a point now where you can't even watch a TV show that doesn't. It's not referencing some other TV show. You're just like, write something else. Yeah, it's a little. It is annoying that everything's got to be so topical and referencey. Yeah, topical humor is the worst. Mm-hmm. I know this is a strange place to drop a random opinion, but. Don't write topical people. It well, do, it doesn't age well. No. If no, you're a writer or anything like that, or if you happen to be a game, listen to, listen to this random podcast and you're a game developer, stay away from that stuff. That's all I. That's all I got. That's really all I got. got. My, that's all I got for my mini rant there. It just drives me. There was just there was a lot. I was I spent a lot of the, a big big portion of, of big portions of this game just rolling my eyes. Maybe it works for the vast majority. Maybe gamers love it, love it, and I just, I can't. It's it, I'm just bored by it and sick of seeing it everywhere. This game is this game suffers from it, suffers from it pretty bad at points. People, who I understand that reference. Who I understand that reference. He he, I understood that. Reference. Just carry you from one to one reference to the other. It's just not. It's not for me. Granted, all games aren't for everybody. This game's this game's probably definitely not for me. I didn't. Blake told me to play it. You know. Well, I, I never listened to Blake to every. It. All the way out in one damn night. Yeah, well, I didn't do it all. I didn't. I skipped a whole big chunks of it because I got tired of playing it. Yeah, because you tried to do it all in one night. You're like, oh, let me knock the entire game out in three hours. Yeah, why not? Gotta beat this game. Move on to the next game. You gotta have fun with it sometimes. I don't play games for fun. I play games for podcast content. That is fair. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I honestly don't really have a whole... Or anything, anything left, yeah. Like, other than, like, oh, going into all the... Re- I'm not going to go into all the damn references. I've already went into more than I want to. So I got two and a half hours, 
18 of the 33 achievements. That, that's that's counting the. There's a whole DLC. I don't know if you saw anything about the DLC. I think it's just more levels. No. Uh, I don't know if it was free if you had to pay for it, but no. Let's see. It's not. I'm not a huge uh, fan of this game. I don't know, Blake. You liked it a little more than I did, I suppose. I mean, I did, but I also wasn't rushing through it in one night. So, because how fast, how fast you play through a game or whatever like that is, I mean, determine whether it's good or not. Yes and no. Are you supposed to tiptoe my way through this game and gasp at every reference? No, it's just you weren't. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I literally, I, I, I have no idea, but I didn't. Going through all fifty levels in one night seemed. But I didn't play fifty levels. I say that you, you, you don't have to play them all. Yeah, it's whatever. <laughs> uh, so there's a DLC if you're really enjoying the game. You know, you can buy it. You know, support the developer, buy it. This game is currently leaving Game Pass. Uh, well, you want a date? You want a date? A podcast? But by the time you hear this podcast, by the time you're hearing this podcast right now, uh, Grant Raider Parade has left Game Pass. So you missed out on playing it without having to worry about paying for it if you're like that. Uh, this game, I don't know. This this is game worth five dollars five dollars to you if we had we had to. If I had paid for it, I would have been a little more uh, bothered by it. Maybe I'm kind of. This is a great thing. This is, this is one of the things I love about Game Pass and love about GameFly is that you could you could just there's, you try things at no there's no risk there's no. Besides the spending spending some of your time on it, you can try something. You can find gold on there too, like great great stuff. But sometimes you get something that you don't care about as much, like this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's all. That's all I got for it. We're not going to always talk about games. I mean, we we've had a couple on this podcast. We're not always going to talk about games that we love. We're trying to try to talk about stuff we've played. We play a lot of stuff, so. And we're getting back to trying to trying to play more too since our our move. Yeah, that's so we, the... yeah I didn't play I didn't play Xbox for like two months so or PlayStation for two months so trying to, trying to get back in the scheme of things and playing more games. Unfortunately, the easiest thing to do half the time is to pop on Game Pass, pop on Game Pass, and play more Game Pass games. But we keep trying to play the the more obscure thing. There's a lot of really popular things that hit Game Pass, so we try to. Dig a, dig a little deeper. We still try to buy things when they're on sale. Small, weird-looking things. That's all I got, though. I didn't really like running your parade. Some people might like the, might find it charming and cute and funny, but I did not. It's hard to run on your parade, Blake. I didn't like it. I, I'm not. I'm not, not going down to one of the greatest games of all time for me, neither. <laughs> but still. Right, you know, go to the. It's not a good podcast for me. Go, go to another game that I didn't, I didn't really like. A uh, game that I quit playing. I literally, I've tried. We went through the whole thing where we try to. We went from back in the day, where we used to. If we started a game, we played it all the way through, no matter how much we didn't like it. Uh, and we that was back in our really heavy into our achievement hunting days. Uh, we had to with the advent of stuff like game pass and just too many games in general. And you look at your Xbox, there's like a hundred games installed, even pre game pass. You got to like, we had to like change our, change the way we play games. And if you're just not liking something or, or you, what do you say? If you're like, it's been, a, you turn it off, it's been a couple of days and you hadn't thought about it. 
then it's probably probably time to quit it. Oh, for drop sure. drop it like it's hot, you know. You know how they say, how they say, who whoever they is, the man. But uh, this next game for me is something I was uh, not even not even a very long game, not a very hard game. I just found it very very boring, uh, fairly unappealing, and we'll hear more about it here in a moment as Blake tells you what it is and where it came from and. He did play it all the way through. So, uh, the next game we'll be talking about is called Eichenfell. October 8th, 2020. So it's a little... Well, these are both fairly new games that we're talking about. Again, both are... We, we, it's Game Pass. We're, it just happened. And so it was developed by Happy Ray Games. Now, this is the only game they've put out so far. And they are a fairly small team of about less than 10 people as far as I could tell you have like the lead programmer the lead writer and one of the main artists is also the uh, director of the studio a gentleman uh, Chevy Ray he was also the artist and graphic designer for a lot of the stuff it's like they had him and then uh, the other woman was uh, Hunter Russell and she was strictly for all battle animations, enemies, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's the only game they've done. Well, I took these notes a while ago, I'm not going to lie. So I haven't refreshed them, so it's possible they're working on something else. Maybe these, these notes can't, your notes can't be no more than... Something. Two years old? Two years? You didn't play, you didn't play I Can Fail two years ago. I played it... I played it a while ago. Yeah, but wouldn't too. But you played it on, you played it on Game Pass. And yeah, games tend to be on Game Pass for a year. But still, yeah, not even that long. It's a turn-based RPG. Yeah. And its combat is a turn-based, semi-tactical. Yeah. I'll get into that here in just a second. Before I dive fully into that, I do want to talk about the music for the game, which. It's chip tuny. It's fun. It's not exactly my favorite type of music, but it does have t- uh, two pretty big composers, uh, Avi and Surashu. I'm probably butchering how those names are pronounced, but they're responsible for doing the music for the the show Steven Universe, oh, yeah. which is a huge. I haven't watched it. Everyone says I should because it's fantastic, but. They somehow managed to get them to do the music. I think it had a lot to do because this game was uh, kickstarted, mm-hmm. and they, they, uh, it was kickstarted, and they needed only twenty. They only wanted twenty five thousand. They made sixty two thousand, so they beat their goal and then some, and sort of had like, God, over twenty six hundred backers. Had a lot of people supporting it and backing it. 
And one of their stretch goals at the 50,000 mark was to actually get an OST and hire these people. And so they, you know, I thought that was pretty cool. They reached the goal and they contacted the people. It's like, yeah, that sounds like something we would totally be. I don't know how that works. But some of the other, I don't, some of the other tiers they had was called, I don't know the names of the tiers, but basically which one you got is they put you, you worked with their artists and you could either, you could put your character, put you a character model in game as just someone random, uh, because you come across some random people like, oh, this is Bill. And Bill's just scared sitting at a table. Okay, hey, Bill. That's whatever. And then some of the other ones got to work with their, uh, with the uh, the Russell girl and the Chevy dude to uh, per, to make a monster. Give it a move set. Give it how to move and make it create a monster. Hmm. And an even higher tier set is you actually, they uh, you, people were created boss. Like in game, that's pretty cool. Actually, yeah. So that's actually a lot of you know they, yeah. a lot of cool stuff. You know, yeah. for backing, but Kickstarters can can be cool things when they work out. And so, the entire like we said earlier, it is a uh, turn based tactical RPG. When it comes to combat, I'll dive into the story here in just a, a little bit. But basically, it's a like an eight by eight grid. I think. Yeah. Right. I mean, maybe. So, I know, maybe it was eight by four, eight by four grid, and basically the, it starts with your people, your three-person party, on one side, and the enemy having, of course, anywhere from one to ten items on their side of the field. Somehow, tactical games, for some reason, you are always outmanned. I don't know why. It's always your party of three versus their ten, or your party of eight versus their fifteen. It's always always against you but whatever but you have all your moves hit either a single square or directly in front of you or they have a, a set pattern and recognizing the patterns is pretty good like one some person only does a diagonal x's or they only do v shapes you know the, and the more you play each character does it and so on and so forth so the whole point of the story is you play uh, a girl, uh, Marietta, and she's looking for her sister, Safina. Now, basically, think of this as, uh, I guess, woke Harry Potter. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Is the best way to describe it. It's just woke Harry Potter. There's, you know, you have lesbians over here, you have gay couples over here. One of your characters you get is a transgender one of them is a non-binary individual who doesn't identify as anything and i don't know i'm not gonna get in trouble talking about that stuff because i don't know anything about that i'm not one way or the other but it's just woke harry potter basically it's literally what it is because you're going to a magical school to find your sister who you as marietta are a non-magical person but your sister is so you didn't go to the school but she's been missing for some time and you go to the school, and upon entering the uh, the grounds, I think you're in like the woods outside. The upon entering the grounds, there's this huge magical disturbance, and you gain magical powers. Somebody give them, give them to you. She just has them. It's like I said, there's the like the shock wave, like the inciting incident. There's a shock wave that 
echoes out from the uh, the school and through the woods, and you're in the woods, and you. Yeah, I, I remember. I remember that beginning part. I remember if it was like already within her, or somebody like gave her magic. I don't remember how it went. It like woke up in her, mm-hmm. uh, and it uh, you have pyromancy abilities, nothing else. But she she hits hard. She is awesome, and you have a. A pretty amazing group of characters, and each has their own element, their own way of playing. Let's see, there was Marietta, who's fire, and then you get immediately you get your alchemist slash healer, um, Petronella. There's all there's a lot of weird names again. They remind you of some strange names from Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Well, then my next one's a dude named Rook. That's not that crazy, but then the next one, her name's. Pertizan? Perter... I don't know. It, without it, The game's not voice acting, so I don't know how to pronounce some of yeah, these names. It would benefit from some voice acting, that's for sure. You didn't tell about what the game looked like either. Did I, I said pixels earlier. Did you say pixel art? Yeah, it's just pixel art. So I hate to say it, but pixel, pixel art game, I'm immediately bored. I lose interest so fast. It's like pixel art anime because they have... Like really, it's like cart Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, it'd make a great cartoon. I would watch this side of the cartoon like a yeah, no it, problem. It, yeah, and if the game would be if the game was more successful, it'd be it'd probably be a little Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, because it, it, Saturday Saturday morning cartoons even exist anymore. I don't know, it'd be a late night cartoon. Uh, yeah. following right after Steven Universe for all I care. Yeah, but like I say, pixel. I mean, we're 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 pretty heavy on the pixel art is boring. And train, I'm, what? Pixel art is boring. Train. I don't know. Why I said on the train. <laughs> I don't know where you're going with that particular line of thought. Train of thought. Oh, train of thought. Is that what you're trying to go for? Yeah. Okay. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you're not on the train, apparently. Yeah. No, I'm not. And then you have a quite a few other characters, and everyone again, everyone has their own own element and own style of play. And I didn't have. There wasn't a bad character. That's kind of the point of strategy games like this. Or you may, not, you may not understand the point of somebody until you get to a certain fight, and you're like, "Oh, it all it all kind of comes together." And you're like, "Okay, this is how you're supposed to use them." I did have a, a set party by the end of the game because it does the the good news bad news situation is early on. It does force your party, which so it makes you use everyone at least once, so you mm-hmm. can either figure out how they play. And so by the end of the game, once you get everybody, you then pick your party. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind the forced party though. I'm not, yeah, especially when I you like have it. A, like um, I think what is it um, is it Final Fantasy Nine where the story nine jumps around and you always have a certain certain until the end of the game, later in the game, you get everybody together. But like I like this divided party kind of thing like you yeah. said you're forced to use people you would never normally think about you're like it's cool you find some well usually you'd find things to like about each person you try to or you try <laughs> sometimes to sometimes you're yeah. just like I don't like this character yeah, I, like, I like RPGs that can do the, the divided party and then meeting up later is cool and then you just get to- it's not it's actually not all that common I don't feel like off yeah. the top of my head but it's still it's a good mechanic I feel like yeah. my set party was Mariette because you can't take her off your party and her fire, like I said, her fire stuff is stupid powerful. That's whole point. It's pyromancy. And then I, I used Petronella because he, she did healing and like poison. Uh, and her heals were dope. And her poison was uh, efficient, mm-hmm. to say the least. 
And then my final one was a character you don't get you you meet you meet this character real early on, but they don't join till way later. And her name is Gilda, and she's the uh, the thunder person, shoot lightning magic everywhere, and she she's awesome. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't play all the way through. I didn't know she joined you, but she was actually kind of funny, and she had her own her own theme music. Yeah, it's, it's a special theme. A special her. theme, yeah. I actually kind of like I actually kind of like her a little bit. She was fun. She was the. Well, kind of like one of the, how the the game goes is when the the thing this whatever magical shockwave went off and it gave you your powers. Um, Gilda was actually like one of the weakest students in the entire school, mm-hmm. and whatever, in, in, which is weird for someone who has lightning magic. But whatever hit her boosted her power. She got stronger. And she got. Yeah, she became incredibly yeah, strong. You spent a whole game. What, 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 all the parts that I played. You spent a lot part of the game uh, fighting her over and over again. Because she's trying to. Because you beat her. You could keep beating her. So it's. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So One thing where she like puts her hand. Is it when she puts her hands in there and like lightning strikes her hand? Yeah, lightning. She throws her. She, she does like a little disco thing and throws her hand up and lightning strikes her finger. Yeah. But what? She's she's. Oh, I get either already gay or becoming gay or something. He's always talking about the hot chick. Is it you referencing Mary, Mary, Marionette? Have you say her yeah, name? Marietta. Yeah. She doesn't recall her by her name. She's like the hot chick. You're cute or whatever. So it's, it's, it's a blooming relationship or something. It's adorable. Blooming for her. I don't think the girl main character even really cares she, about her one way or the other. Does she's she? here to find her sister. She's not here for relationships right now, but still. On top of that, um, like it, we're combat, it does a, a phenomenal thing. Uh, accessibility speaking, accessibility, accessibility, accessibility. Well, it does that thing that I'm not a huge fan of, and we've talked about it before. Like bug fables. Uh, what was that made famous by Super Mario Super RPG? Mario and uh, Paper Mario. Uh, Stick of Truth. Stick of truth. So a lot of you know the, where the your combat requires your your input of a specific button, and defending requires you to re-hit that button. Now I can feel it's in the menus, and you have to turn the accessibility function on, and then it says, uh, "Do you want to have it auto time for you?" And mm-hmm. you're like, "Yeah, cool, auto time for me." That way. Yeah. We don't. We don't like people. People love these combat systems. I don't. I, I absolutely, absolutely. I was people like it was a. Um, sometimes when something hits Game Pass, you you get a little Reddit post about people. You multi, multiple posts of people raving about how great something is, and you just kept hearing about bug fables over and over and over and over about bug fables. I don't. Do we do bug fables on here? Before we done it already. Yeah, and it, and it had suffered so bad from that combat system. It wasn't fun to play. I didn't find the game. That was the game. That was another game that was charming. And I'm just... No. You know, we already had that episode, but I didn't like it at all. And it was uh, the same combat, except it had no accessibility like I can feel it. Part of the accessibility function is it can it'll auto-do all the button presses for you. And then once you tell it yes or no, it has an additional question. It says, "Do you wanna do you want them good or perfect?" And I was like, "Heck yeah, I'm gonna do perfect!" And, and let the computer do all the button pressing for me. So I was hitting for max damage and blocking for max, you know, maximum efficiency the entire game. So yeah, I, I didn't waste no time. I turned it on, turned immediately. It on immediately. 
And so maybe I didn't, I didn't struggle like some people, you know, might. Yeah, I guess I would even had no interest in trying to hit these buttons. And even, even sometimes with perfect hits, you're just still not uh, powerful, you, powerful enough sometimes. I don't even, was there any way to really do any, uh, grinding, like leveling up? Or yeah, yeah there were some, yeah, you type? go back to some certain areas and there are fights and you fight grind. Like a lot of enemies respond and stuff, so you I, I ground a little bit. Ground, mm, grinded, ground. <laughs> I don't know. And I got the one K for the game, and that includes beating. Uh, now okay, one of the other accessibility features, uh, is literally just called win. And like, what the heck is this? You turn it on and you get into any fight. And you just press the right bumper, or I think it's right bumper, and it just insta-wins the fight. Everything, all your enemies just die, and it goes on. But you don't get any reward. You don't get any experience or any money or anything for doing that. But you can literally go through the whole game with that function on, and just play through the story. Mm-hmm. And just boop, 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 and just win every fight that way. Now, I will say, I didn't know, I didn't know what that function was. I was like, what is that? And so I, I ended up, after a close to the end of the game, when I'm doing the cleanup to fight all the secret bosses, the very first, admittedly, the easiest of the secret bosses, I was like, I'm going to figure out what this feature does. And I did it, and I won the fight, but didn't get any experience. Like, oh, that sucks. But I got the achievement for beating the fight, and I was just like, eh, I'm not going to redo that fight. I'll make it up. And so I played through the rest of the thing. Not I didn't use that function at all, but I managed to make, beat the rest of the game, all the secret bosses. And be, I got the whole, I was like 25 and a half hours, 25 minutes, 45, something like that. Yeah, your your TA shows your times now. Yeah, it does. Uh, uh, mine, uh, I quit playing it right right at, right before eight hours. So I was about, 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 about at the halfway point. Well, nine of nine of the twenty-seven achievements. I just was just like, I don't even remember what point it was. I was just like, I kind of had enough of this, or I've seen all I wanted to see. It just wasn't, just wasn't doing it for me. Oh dang, my time is way off. Well, no, it might not be. My my actual according to TA, my playtime was thirty-two hours to fifteen minutes. That's sleeping though. That's probably either falling asleep and walking the dogs and stuff too. Mm-hmm. So I so t- I'll, I'll, I'll I'll say twenty-five is about right. But I I got the 1K for it. I don't regret playing it. They do some pretty cool... Uh, like the story... How do I explain this? The story feels pretty good. Like overall. But then there's some... Just dumb... Dumb, dumb drama at certain points. That feel... It's really shoehorned in to make it appear more woke. Yeah, I remember you complaining. I mean, you told me about it. it. Kind of, kind of made me not want to play the game to begin with. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. And you were talking about stuff. I mean, I mean that was so just woke for woke's sake. Just is another thing that just I don't like. When you make a statement and then you point out the fact that you made a statement, it makes your statement pointless. Yes, I, that's that's how I feel about that. You're like, I did a thing. Did you know that I did a thing? Look, I did a thing. Acknowledge me that I did a thing. Yeah. And it's just like, really? It just doesn't... It rubs me the wrong way when you force my hand. Yeah. Do you feel... That's what... Yeah, you know... I mean, that's why I said woke for woke's sake. They they wanted it to get talked about. Yeah. 
There's so much of it in the game. They just wanted it. And we're talking about it. Yeah. It worked, I guess. But it's, it's, it's just not, it's not like it benefits, it helps the story in any way. It doesn't like, I don't know. It's just so, it's pretty heavy handed throughout the game. And that's just so much. I just make, I don't know. It's like I said, the, the drama was shoehorned in. Like without the drama or maybe less of it, I, I could have enjoyed it more than I, I mean, I enjoyed it enough that I beat it and I talked about it and I'm, I give it praise. You know, I think it's, it's, it's fine. You know, and like I said, it's, it's like woke Harry Potter, but the, um, they do have a really cool, like they went in depth on some of their things. Like they have like a, a cool mythos of how magic comes. They have the all cat and Rava, the great seeing crow. And then there's apparently a giant cosmic whale that blew the entire universe out of its blowhole. <laughs> it's like, it's weird. But it's, uh, they, 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 it's no wackier than some other games mythos and books mythos, and like they put, you know, they put a, they put a lot of heart into it and thought into that cool. Like the world building is really fun. Yeah, I don't remember any of it. Well, uh, probably one of the cooler ones was Rava, the the all seeing crow, is literally seeing everything at once, past, present, and future. Mm-hmm. And she just chooses when to step in. And you meet a couple of these things. Mm-hmm. You meet a few of them. I'm not going to say which ones, but you do meet a couple of them. And so you're like, oh, that's really cool. The music was fun. Like I said earlier, there were the two folks who made the music. It was chip toony and fun. And Yeah, I guess probably if you're familiar with Steven Universe, maybe it sounds familiar. <laughs> People don't, people don't pay attention to OSTs and TV shows too much, though. Not really. Um, I'm trying to figure. I I don't really have too much more to talk about. Like I could talk about combat, but like it gets boring because it's just squares, and I'm just like, well, because there's anything specifically about the combat that you actually did like. I thought it was uh, too involved. There's, there's there's a line to be crossed sometimes for combat that's like there's just too many steps to win a basic fight. Yeah, well, yes and no. I mean, because you both, most of the time, both of you, you and your enemies start on the far end and you have to work your way to the middle. So it does take a second for combat to actually get started. Yeah. You never start. It's just like other games of this particular, of this, the Mario, Paper Mario, whatever genre, that it didn't need the tactical side, the squares and stuff. They could have just did the whole attacking and guarding like any other game. I mean, granted, maybe, maybe that's the tactical was their way to make their games stand out. Yeah. I mean, um, but I think it's just another another added layer on top of what they're what you're already doing with the game. It was just it was too busy. And if and see, I would say if I didn't have that the accessibility function, I would think so too. But if all I had to do was place I'm I think I, without the accessibility you probably wouldn't you probably wouldn't because there's not well, I guess I did get through Stick of Truth, but like most of these games there's a couple of these games like we didn't beat Bug Fable, but we, there's another one we hadn't talked about yet. Oh, we will eventually. It has this combat system. Then this combat system basically makes me not want to play play an RPG when, it, when it, RPG has this combat system. So, or this particular type of combat, I don't know. I wasn't for me. I I, I didn't care. But I liked. I actually did kind of like Hilda, like Little Lightning Girl. Gilda. Gilda. That's what I said. Yep. <laughs> I remember liking her. She was she was kind of funny, but 
said it a million times that before this this game need, needed voice acting. If it real act, bad, it would have been mm, they just, all these all these kind of strange, odd little magical characters all all across this school with different. Definitely like different styles of talk because all their dialogue was a different color. It was all yeah. colorful. Like needed, needed voice acting. I hope a lot. I mean, it's a small company. Their first game. I understand this stuff. I mean, we complain about every every episode. We every episode we have a game without voice acting. I mean, it would, I, I find crazy in the modern age of gaming to not have voice acting. We play DS games with full voice casts. I mean, if you can't get your console game to have voice actor, we don't know what. It's a little mind blowing sometimes. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't beat it. Uh, whatever game they make next, I, I probably won't play it. Like I said, this is a nobody's gonna like me in this episode for the. Yeah, just but the whole point is you're not, you're not gonna. I mean, I, you ain't gonna like me. I play. I would give almost anything, any game a shot. I'm not gonna like everything that I give a shot to. Which is fair. No one's forcing your hand. Yeah. Um. You, know, you forced me to play right on your parade. You didn't have to. You could have just stopped. <laughs> uh, uh, if you haven't yet, uh, I Can Fell is still on Game Pass, right? That I don't know. I'm pretty sure it is. I haven't seen anything about it leaving. I think I Can Fell is still on Game Pass. Hmm, I don't know. I, I think have, it's... I have no quick way to find out either. <laughs> you just, yeah, there's no way, there's no fast way to find out. <sighs> yeah. But before I, uh, I, I want to, something you said a little bit ago, you say about it being too busy and yeah. the combat and stuff. The combat's an important, there's a lot of combat there's in this game. Combat. There's, there's, you're talking or you're fighting stuff. But I like the tactical thing because uh, maybe it has a lot to do with uh, how it goes, is it also increases individuality amongst the characters. Like there's a character that only ever hits single spots and they have no spread, but she's all they're super powerful. But then there are other ones that, uh, you know, they only hit diagonal spaces, and you know it just go in. Every character has it just brings more individuality, and I think I and I enjoy individuality in my characters. I don't like. In uh, games where like, ooh, everybody can equip everything and wear everything and learn everything. It's, yeah, I, I like my characters being individual, a hundred percent. I prefer them to be just them. Yeah, I agree, definitely. So uh, I think that's why the tactical like thing it allowed them to make characters more individualized. You know, your favorite tactic tactic type game of all time, Final Fantasy Tactics. The characters can be anything they want, anything you want them to be. Yes, well, not the not the story characters, I guess. Or can you change the story characters? You can. But Some are class locked. Yeah. Well, uh, no, there, nothing's class locked. You can, but they have unique classes just to them. Yeah. But. Um, I I think why why I played I can feel when I aside from you playing I can feel I think I played it when it was leaving Game Pass. Oh, okay, that's why it's it's well, not on there. It's not on there right it. now. Okay. Yeah, my B, my bad. Yeah. So I don't really have any more. Uh, yeah, I think that's fine. Eventually, eventually we'll play we'll play a game we loved, and the podcast will be more exciting. But maybe you hear about games. Kind of, we every every now and then we mention it kind of especially if there's if there's new listeners coming in from other you found us randomly. We just the sort of point of this podcast is to to help make people will find random games like these two games. Maybe you saw one 
on Game Pass, you scrolled past them and didn't know really what they were. And you're not you're not like the kind of person who wants to download something and turn it on. In this this part podcast, we we play all that uh, weird stuff. We play all the big games too. We try to we try to keep the big big games off the podcast because every other podcast in the world's talking about the big big games. Yeah, yeah. We try to keep it niche and weird on here if we can. Uh, but if you know, we always hope somebody can find. Maybe maybe you'll will love Rain on Your Parade. Maybe you'll love. I can see I can fail being like an indie little a little indie darling. You know, people just loving the world and the characters. Maybe there's some unique characters in there. So I mean, if we help somebody find a game like that that they can love, it make us pretty happy. It's kind of the point of a bit of the point of what we're doing. Besides the fact we used to just play video games and then driving back and forth to work, we would talk about them. And like, like everybody else who's made a podcast, we should like, ooh, we should record this because somebody besides us will want to hear it. If we More than anything, we do it for us. If, if, if other people enjoy it, we thank you for listening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's all we got. That's all I've got for this. Um, I think you've got a, uh, a movie. I have, yes, up. I have a movie to possibly entice you to watch possibly mm-hmm. if you want to hear Blake talk more he said at the beginning of the podcast if you want to hear Blake talk more about movies we do have another, we do have another podcast one that I just uh, kind of produce and edit when he Blake co-hosts with our good friend Steve's action the movie podcast just put out an episode today they are I kind of I kind of have these podcasts releasing on alternating Sundays so if you're missing out or you're Want to hear more of Blake and then uh, talk more about a movie in a longer format and a full and that's a full spoiler podcast. You know that's another option for you. All right. So this movie I'm talking about tonight is it's called Forty Days and Forty Nights. It is basically just a, a raunchy sex comedy, <laughs> for lack of a better term. It came out uh, in March 2002. Now, here a, a little bit about the writer and director to try to, like, what works they've done. The director is a gentleman named Michael Lehman, and he's mostly done uh, TV shows, a lot of TV shows. Some of them I don't care about, but uh, a few other ones. He's responsible for uh, several episodes of True Blood, several episodes of uh, American Horror Story. And directing several episodes of Dexter, so he's you know he's got some pretty dark, funny. You kind of know what you know what you're working with in there. He's also responsible for the 1988-1986, the Heather's. He directed that. That's pretty dark and and pretty funny. As well as in the 90s, it was called uh, Airheads with Brendan Fraser, Steve Buscemi, and Adam Sandler, which is real fun. So he's it's kind of all over the place, but he tends to be funny. I think his most recent thing was actually a spoof film on Netflix uh, with Kristen Bell. It's that the woman in the house down the street across from the girl in the window. Oh, that's, that's, that's that it, He that's directed it. that. That's that's his, so he's that's still directing, he's still that, making movies. That's, that's, his, that's brand new. That's his most recent thing. And now the writer, on the other hand, a gentleman named Robert Perez, has only written four things. Two shorts this and something I've never heard of. And they were all in the early 2000s. So I don't know what where he's at, what happened to him. But the movie itself is 
It's actually pretty quick-witted and fun, even with I me. Mean, it's got a bunch of raunchy elements, because mm-hmm. I'll explain the plot here in just a moment. Uh, I'm not going to go into all the characters either. I'm just going to go with my two, the two leads, which is uh, Josh Hartnett, uh, who I adore. I think he's a fantastic actor. Mm-hmm. He's in uh, Sin City 1 and 2, Dame to Kill 4. Uh, he's in The Faculty, uh, Lucky Number 11, 30 Days of Night, uh, what's that other one? Uh, the Black Dahlia Murders and um, like Hollywood Homicide with um, Harrison Ford. Yeah. He's about to come back to acting too. He kind of took a kind of a break, a weird break from acting. It seemed like somewhere we talked about him a little bit on the on the other podcast. Um, oddly enough, uh, cross promotion is one of our episodes we tackled was uh, Lucky Number Eleven mm-hmm. in Action, the movie podcast. And if you want to know more about Josh Harnett, dip in over there. I'm not going to go into detail over here, but he did take a break for acting for a while, and he yeah. got back because he wasn't sure if it was still he's back now. Do he's doing a uh, Guy Ritchie movies? Yeah, he has. Yeah, I'm super excited about that. Yeah, and the other, the the his lead, his co-star is uh, the gorgeous uh, Shannon Sosaman, who I had a massive crush on, and probably still do. And whenever I see her and things, I get excited. But she's uh, she's from Knight's Tale with Heath uh, with Heath Ledger and a huge other people in that movie as well. Uh, more recently, she's been doing a lot of TV shows. Uh, she was in Sleepy Hollow, but she was in the second half of the show, like season three, four, and five, or I forget how long the show, but she was in the second half, where she was uh, Pandora. The... Yeah. That's a show. I think Sleepy Hollow's come up on the podcast before, I feel like. That's a show that like took a nosedive somewhere. It got weird. Like it just like it just like stopped like 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 one season it just like stopped being good. We we were watching it and like it was like, wow, this just sucks now. It got weird. I don't know if Whatever. it's I don't know if it's because of her. I don't know if it was season three onward, but no, well, yeah, well there's a well, well, I might talk about that at a later date, but I mean it's not a show we really finished. Mm-mm. And then she was also in uh, Wayward Pines, which huh, I only caught passing glances of Wayward Pines. With Jessica watching it because somebody at work told her to watch it, I think. And she quit like season one. She was kind of interested. Weird, very strange show. And then season two, she quit. Quit watching it because it got like it. The show spoilers for Wayward Pines. That show just changes completely to like a different kind of show. And she just quit watching it. She's like, I, I think it's kind of just dumb, dumb now or something. I want to watch it based off everything I know about it. Is it? I th- I'm not sure. I mean, I don't, I'm gonna tell you not, not to watch it. I don't. I don't think it's what you think it is. I know it was probably not, but it's got a lot of people that I enjoy, and I'm curious about it. Yeah. Just... What the parts? I don't know. The parts that I saw were just kind of. I was watching some things out of context, mind you, but it was just like I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> quickly, kind of plow through a synopsis is Josh Arnett plays the character Matt Matt Sullivan. And he has recently gone through a relatively brutal breakup, breakup, <laughs> a brutal breakup with, and um, this has caused him to have, uh, how do you say, like sexual dysfunctions with other women, where he's not able to perform, or he's only like he has to close his eyes and pretend something really, really hard, like he's messed up in the head and it's affecting him physically. And he just wants to be able to go through a slew of women so he can get his ex out of his system. You know, just a standard horny Chad. Anyway, uh, 
he, after a disastrous attempt to fake an orgasm, we're <laughs> trying to, he literally, he, he has sex with a girl, he fakes it, runs to his roommate, and his roommate's like, what are you doing, dude? He's like, I need to find something that looks like jizz. I, I just, he's like, looks like, dude, just, you know, do what you gotta do. He's like, I can't. And then it just, it's really funny. And then it leads to him going to his brother, who is a Catholic priest in training. And he's confessing, you know, his sins. And then, because he knows this is his brother on the other side of the, in the confessional, he's like, all right, Hail Marys. And okay, so let me tell you the real thing. And he, go, he just starts unloading all this truth onto his brother. And he was like, you know what you should do? Uh, we have Lent coming up. And you should just give up anything sex-related for Lent. He's like, no, what? I can't do that. And then that's kind of how it goes. Like, And then once that happens, his friend, who they both work at like a little dot-com thing, his friend, as a prank on him, pulls out a, an ad that's talking about his thing and it's opening up people to place bets on if he makes it the full 40. And then it explodes to this whole huge internet thing of men empowerment or women empowerment. You don't have to do this. And it, it, it's, it's just stupid how it it just takes off. On the, it gets a whole mind of its own. And in the midst of all this, he ends up finding uh, Shannon Sosaman, a, a new love interest, but he can't do anything with her. And she's trying, and he's like, I can't. And it just makes these real awkward. <laughs> like, at the end of, like, their first date, uh, she's going in for a kiss, and he takes a step back, gives her a high five, and then runs away. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's like, it, there's a whole bunch of other, like, things that go into it. Yeah, it's a, it's like a rom-com in a way. It's a, way, not it's a, a way, raunchy it, rom-com. It's a ra- kind of a raunchy rom-com. It is funny. It's hard to, it's hard to explain. It's hard to t- explain a comedy. It is, I, uh, the, the writing is, like I said, there's, it's raunchy. There's boobies and all this other stuff that go mm-hmm. on in sex. Like, that's the selling point. But the writing on it is quick-witted. It's fun. The acting is really good yeah. for the parts that require some serious acting chops. We talked about him for a while. Josh Hartnett's a pretty good Pretty good actor, and he. I forget. We don't know why he he stepped he stepped away from he acting. He stepped away because he wasn't sure if it was still for him. Yeah, he stepped away for a while. I think all it was. He was he was hot stuff for a while. He was in he was in like a whole lot of movies, and maybe he maybe he over. Uh, uh, without without getting into his life, we don't know. But maybe he did too much, or just didn't want to. Backed out of it for a while. He had a pretty pretty good career. Kind of glad to see him coming back. We're interested to see what he how he's liking these new movies. I, I love most of his movies that I've seen him in. Yeah, he's the, the obvious lead for this. He carries he carries this whole movie because he's got good uh, charisma, good charisma, and good line delivery and stuff like that. He's good at he's got a, he's got a good comedic timing. Not all actors have good comedic timing. No, and if because I could talk about him for a minute because I, I thoroughly enjoy everything he's in yeah. that I, that I can remember off the top of my head that I like everything I named earlier. I like all of that. But it's all great and he's great in it. Yeah. Now, hopefully, I, I didn't talk about it too much, but hopefully I enticed you enough to go watch it. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. The, mm-hmm. Near the end. Yeah, let's spoil the ending real quick. No, there's that uh, that dream he has. The CGI dream in the world of boobies. 
I don't remember that. Inter- I, I remember when he, I forget when it is, when he either first starts the 40 days, 40 nights, or, or is it in the middle where he runs outside and like everything is, se- like everywhere he looks, everything is uh, sexual, half naked women are just everywhere. Like there's advertisements. Is that the thing they set up every, everywhere, everywhere he looks? He did. He's like having, he's like, he's like having like daydream hot flashes. Every woman he looks at is just magically not wearing clothes when they look at him and he's just like in withdrawal from it but the movie's genuinely funny uh fast-witted i love it it's not streaming anywhere right now so anybody knows as, as of the recording of this podcast it's not streaming anywhere but it's worth a worth of a purchase i think you know a oh, yeah. little dvd or a blu-ray to have lying around for all the comedy i mean it's streaming on cinemax some people have cinemax i guess we don't have cinemax mm-hmm. And so I'm going to uh, also I have a tagline for the movie. It's super easy, and then I'll I'll end it out after I do my tagline. Yeah. The uh, the tagline for the movie is no sex for forty days and forty nights. No sex for ellipses. I don't get it. Are you serious? If I see it written out, I don't get it's, that. it. The movie's called 40 Days and 40 Nights. The tagline is, no sex for dot, dot, dot. The name of the movie? Yeah. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> that's awful. That's so lazy. <laughs> it is. It's, uh, it is pretty bad. There's that one, and the other tagline is, one man is about to do the unthinkable. No sex whatsoever for... Ellipses, 40 days, 40 nights. They didn't try it. All they didn't, of these no. taglines. <laughs> these taglines kind of blow. Yeah. They, uh, not, they weren't exactly fun for me to read. embarrassing. Oof. You didn't have to say them. Yeah. Yeah. I had to listen to them, though. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, I think that's all, all we got for the podcast. Uh, another short one. Maybe people like the shorter podcasts. Uh, we get longer and longer episodes. Uh, for If you're new to the podcast, we do do longer episodes. Uh, sometimes depending on the when we actually enjoy the games we actually think, when we actually think about the games and stuff like that there's a better game we do have episodes with uh, one game sometimes one especially larger game sometimes we do do bigger games uh, we do have uh, strange episodes but I don't know when, when we'll do when we'll do another one we have episode we, we call them achievement episodes where it's usually really bad or dumb or incredibly short games that we play exclusively for achievements. We, I said earlier we don't achievement hunt so much anymore, but every now and then we, you get an itch to knock some gamer score out. We, we both have pretty pretty good gamer scores. We kind of get into competitions with each other because none of our friends have scores. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I don't really brag anymore it's about it. Humble but brag. Humble brag, I guess, but other people see our scores and they're like, Damn. But that's a lot of that. Our score hasn't moved that much in the past couple of years. We we slowed down a lot. That podcast kind of slowed us down a little bit for, and kind of changed our, uh, changed the way we play sometimes. Yeah, if we're not enjoying it to just hand wash your hands of it. Yeah. Um. So we have achievement episode achievement episodes, which is just strange games like that, and then we do have um, every ten episodes. I guess it is every tenth. Uh, so ten, twenty, thirty. Every tenth. Uh. No, the halfway mark for the game every 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 five every five, but it's but but exactly every ten episodes. You get the math there. Yes, every episode that ends in five is every episode that ends in five. We call a GameFly episode. GameFly does not pay us any money to promote them. Uh, maybe I should 
try, but we just don't. I don't think they'll GameFly pay us, but we do. We do still use GameFly. Yes, even with Game Pass, we use GameFly. That's because GameFly will have games that Game Pass doesn't have, and GameFly does have PlayStation 4 and 5 games, and GameFly has uh, Switch games that we're not willing to buy. Mm-hmm. Um, so we still use GameFly for a lot of stuff. GameFly episodes, what they tend to be is the three most recent GameFly games that we did not beat, and those are on the episode because we like to explain why we didn't beat those games and maybe point out a game at the same time, point out a game that might sound good to somebody else. Our biggest thing with GameFly is, and that now modernly it was Game Pass 2, is GameFly saves you from buying a bad game. Very true. Saves you from buying a game you didn't like at all. You get it from Gamefly, you don't like it, you just ship it back. Same thing with Game Pass, you don't like it, you just delete it. But we like to point out the past couple, past handful of games we played that we neither one of us. It, well, sometimes one of us will see it to the end, but sometimes it's one or both of us. Well, if we if one of us beats it, it doesn't go to the Gamefly episode. Is that, is that how we? So yeah, that's how we've it's been a while since we know. One it. of us beats it doesn't go to the Gamefly episode. It becomes, 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 a, becomes a real episode. Mm. Gamefly is still a real episode. But if it's something that neither one of us beat and that's from Gamefly, we we tack it on. Yeah, we ta- we tack it on there, and we usually explain we explain the why. We still explain the game. Blake goes into a smaller synopsis about where they came from and stuff like that. We still try to give them a little bit of just because they weren't for us doesn't mean they're not for you. We try not to crap on games entirely. Try not to, but maybe not. God. There's a lot more bad games out there than there are good games. Let's be completely honest, people. Yep. There's a whole lot more bad games. Yep. All right. I guess we're in, in this fairly uh, short-winded, ep- short-winded episode. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got. Uh, thanks, for people who are sticking around and listening. Um, we appreciate ha- having you around. We appreciate anybody who wants to write in and recommend, recommend games or movies, TV shows, anything, or... I think I forgot on the front end, but I forgot if you if you actually are a musician of any kind, or think you're a musician of any kind, uh, send like we play music during the intros a little bit with the 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 background music I play. I got some from friends and some other music. I will play your music in the podcast and let me know if you want your name or anything like said. Send me stuff, preferably in the genre we normally play. But if you send me something I like in general, uh, we will just play it for you anyway. Bye. I'm, I'm, okay, I, I went into music submission, but I didn't. I guess I didn't explain that part. That's all right. Bad. Yeah, I've been forgetting it for a while anyway. Uh, that's all I got. I'm rambling now. I'm I'm ready to go to go to bed. I think, or go play go play another game that I don't like. Who knows? That's all for me. And uh, I want to wish everybody a good evening and good night.